Hello and welcome to Switch It. The fate of the Ashes may be sealed, but the show goes on. There are all important World Test Championship points to play for, remember? And I'm joined in the studio today by Mark Butcher and Andrew Miller to pick apart England's problems in the manner of Pat Cummins and Josh Hazelwood. I have a feeling this could get equally messy. <laughs> so, the miracle of Headingley turned out to be a mirage. Australia have retained the urn with one test to play, and they could go on to win in England for the first time since 2001. Butch, uh, you, sc- <laughs> you scoffed, scoffed at uh, Dan's, Dan Bretting's suggestion before the series that Australia were favourites. Uh, where did it all go wrong for Joe Root in England? Well, I sh- what was I scoffing for? <laughs> I re- actually remember, I see you know why I scoffed. Because I remember a couple of years back, m- more than a couple of years back, a few Ashes series back, um, suggesting that Stark, Hazelwood, uh, it wasn't Cummings back then, I can't remember who the other one was, but that Australia's bowling attack would kind of have, having us hiding, hiding behind the sofa. Do you remember that? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, Cookie t- was still playing. T- 20, 2015. And guess, we, so. we then duly, we duly beat them. Or well, we lost the, the London test matches, you know, the flat wicket test matches, but Which won the other ones. still around then. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of thought, well, you know, England, England confounded my expert opinion <laughs> on that occasion. And maybe because we're at home, we will do so again. Um, but yeah, absolutely fell flat on my face there. Um, but th- through a combination of, of virtually all of the things that have been f- putting up as red flags over the last two and a half years on the, on this podcast. It's not like you weren't worried about some areas. No, of <laughs> um, all of, all of those things eventually, you know, eventually the, the lower order hasn't bailed us out with, with sort of match winning runs. Um, Jimmy Anderson got injured and, and was was sorely missed. Clearly, um, but other than that, the, the rest of it has all needed to happen. It's needed to happen in order that in order that people would would stop taking um, the Test match game for granted and the specialist um, requirements of many of the positions in the Test match game for granted. Because when you come up against a side that is is, is well motivated, highly skilled. Um, and uh, and as well prepared as Australia were for this this series, let's not forget that they had mm-hmm. um, plenty of time here in the UK, uh, more than than touring sides usually do to get themselves ready. Um, that you're going to come un- come unstuck. Uh, I pointed at the the India series last year as being one where the scoreline flattered England unbelievably. I mean, four one was hugely flattering, um, and at the moment two one to Australia. Is hugely flattering to us too, <laughs> you know. Um, it, the, the the miracle of Headingley, and don't forget, of course, England had all of the, the conditions in their favour at Headingley. They also had no Steve Smith to to, to try to to uh, find an answer to, and they still only won by the you know by a, by an umpire's finger and a, and a shocking review and and and. and extraordinary innings from Ben Stokes yeah he did a bit there was a little bit of it was down to him um, and so yeah the, it shouldn't be a surprise that we've lost is what I'm saying well, in a rather roundabout way uh, uh, um, and it's not uh, or, or England haven't quite lost yet but Miller you um, talking of scorelines gleefully predicted 4-1 to Australia I think I mean it, this was in a written piece but I'm assuming it was gleeful um, and, <laughs> did he do it did he write in red pen or something or pink maybe a sort of curly exclamation mark at the end um, so uh, you're not too surprised I'm, I'm guessing no show. and I gleefully predicted England would win the World Cup as well so I'm, I'm very I'm very content with my with my, my I'm, prognostication I'm glad we just moved into a new house he's <laughs> <laughs> bought a but, yacht but the, 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 I'm glad we got to mention the World Cup. Here the as fundamental well. reason, early, though, early in the show, fundamental reason why why I predicted a route was, as Butch mentions, the preparation. 
Um, the fact that Australia came over here uh, a for the World Cup, which allowed, albeit they didn't, they didn't um, didn't have their entire squad playing the World Cup, but it allowed Smith and Warner to get used to England, get used to England crowds, get themselves back into the international frame in this country after their uh, banishment. Obviously, it didn't work for Warner; it might have worked for Smith to a degree, and. Also, going back to what happened to India last year, the fact that they didn't beat England was almost certainly down to their preparation. They had one game against Essex that they tried to call off early because they, they were bored and it was too hot. And um, that was about it. And they got routed. And, you know, routed in, in terms of scoreline, if not in terms of competition. Mm-hmm. So if they had put in the mileage and had the the desire to, to go that extra yard the Aussies have clearly had throughout, you know, you don't bring in Steve Waugh out of the cold. You don't have Justin Langer yakking about baggy green and, and, and playing Uno and all the rest of it. You don't have all of that in the dressing room. Um, <laughs> that, that did happen. Uh, you don't have all of that in, in your, in your dressing room. He his whilst playing it, I he think, does. is the lesson. Exactly. Thing, it's, it's all part of, the, part of the sledging process. But uh, you don't have all of that stacked up in the back of the dressing room and not feel it rub off on these guys who just feel that the baggy green is the most important thing that's ever happened to them in their lives. And, um, yeah, fair play to them. They, they have, they have come, come good in an extraordinarily effective manner. It reminds me... Very much, again, going back to the preparation side of things, very much, even down to the, the, the ebb and flow of the series, of England's win in Australia in 2010-11. Uh, it's which, almost like you've seen my script here. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely exactly the same. They, they, they drew level. Remember, Mitchell Johnson had his day out at Perth, and suddenly it's 1-1 with two to play, and a little, little bit of panic, but not really, because fundamentally England then, just as Australia now, knew that they were the better side and, and, and they carried on doing what they'd done well, which was bat deep, or okay, relatively deep, when you got Steve Smith to do the job of five, six batsmen, then you're going to bat deep, <laughs> and bowl dry. Yeah. You know, they've got, they got, well, they got a, that, a stack of seamers who, who aren't, aren't going to uh, give anything uh, away. factor that, that, um, exactly that Dan Brettig has written about. Control um, at upwards of 85 miles an hour as well, that's, that's another thing. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, yeah, they're quite they, handy, yes, uh, they have, yes, those, they've been uh, very, very accurate and, you know, the, the hitting the top of off as um, as often as as any team I've ever seen, but they've done it at pace too. Um, so you know, whilst whilst it looks, whilst the, the methodology behind it is very very boring, it's been anything but. Was well, to say there have been sort of echoes of two thousand five, or certainly some references to that as a competitive series between the two teams but but 2010-11 is perhaps the better comparison not least because England's uh, preparations there were based upon having seamers that could come in and do that role Australia here um, not that Mitchell Stark was providing them with more control but he did come in for his first appearance at, um, at Old Trafford and took key wickets well Mitchell Stark was more of the Stephen Finn type of seamer the, the guy who's going to get you wickets but mm. go for runs so that's why they didn't play him Ironically, Finn played at the first three tests, and then they decided, no, you're too expensive for our mm-hmm. our means, and so in comes Tim Bresnan instead, and, mm. and, and and Tremlett, obviously. So you know the the, the well, same the had, same principles apply. Options, exactly, you know, they got uh, the uh, options. They kept whereas, Hazelwood fresh at the start. Yeah, Cummins has been a, a gun throughout. Um, yesterday, I mean, we won't dwell on it long, but England England gave it a decent crack in attempting to another great escape I mean there was no chance of them chasing down going one better than Headingley uh, and chasing sort of 380 um, uh, took the game to the final hour which is certainly more than could be said for Edgbaston when, when they went into the final day with all 10 wickets intact but I mean there was never really much sense Butch that they were going to get out of it uh, no, yesterday it, no, even it, despite a decent first hour and all that it did, it did feel inevitable 
um, that, that eventually it would just be too much for them. I mean, the, the interesting thing for me is that England's England's best batting performances of the of the series thus far have come when they had a, a very specific job to pull off. You know, chase down three hundred and fifty, try to bat out um, a, a day and a bit to save a Test match. Um, which is kind of the issue, isn't it? It's, it? Because when when given the opportunity to go out and bat first or in the first innings in reply to a first innings score, without a very specific kind of, you know, this is your job, there is an end point to it, they can't do it. You know, and that's... that's you look at the records of um, a lot of the players playing um, either first class or in test matches, and their averages are all of, of players who can come in and play cameos or, or play little little sort of you know little hors d'oeuvres of innings, but very few of them that go out, are able to go out there from the very beginning and sort of you know make the, put the play settings. You won't survive together. long on hors d'oeuvres. No, exactly. In, in put the, put the play, play settings out and sort of book in for a, for an absolute banquet of run making. <laughs> well, it's in, it's and that's that's, the, that's Steve's that's what Steve Smith does. It's not yeah. you know you can kind of you can snigger and and, and laugh at the, the way that he does it. I still don't understand. Understand it. I still, you know, it just just shouldn't work. But he's but he's unbelievably <laughs> good. Um, and all he's interested in is being out there. That's how the bumblebees fly. Be out there. As you say, that that, that those those two set piece scenarios, the the, the two chases, it, mm. it, it, it kind of harks back to the success that England had in their white ball game. That, or for all, up until this World Cup. Mm. What England did best was run chases. They mm. they could chase out any target because they knew they had. The, the skills and 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 the big players because that's because that's the great irony of this of this team it's like it's absolutely rammed with big names you know mm. there's it's, it's got one or two weirdo weirdo names like Joe Denley I mean <laughs> with with the greatest respect I don't know I don't know quite where England go from there but you know when you got when you got Bearstow saying not a future Root, Hall of Famer Stokes Butler I mean the, the Roy these are these well, are as, these as George Wright big, names, big reputations small averages yeah know? I mean the astonishing thing driving around the country just a little bit in the last couple of weeks um, and I, I heard I don't know who, who it was on on, uh, on TMS saying it was probably Andrew Sampson the statistician he said that Jason Roy's longest ever innings is three and a half hours Yes, it's something never batted I think for George two sessions. To as well. yeah, yeah, never batted for two sessions. Um, never opened the batting and never batted for two sessions. I mean, what, what are you asking somebody to do? I mean, that's completely <laughs> mental, isn't it? That you would ask somebody to do, you know, this open-ended role as an as an opener. Your job, you win the toss, bat first day one of a test match. There is no end to that role. You can be batting for two and a half days if you're good enough. If you mm-hmm. if you wish, there is no there's no target. There's no, there's no tempo. There's nothing. It is a, it is a, it is a, a lesson in just going out there and batting, and none of that, none of our players, with the exception of Joe Root, although I can't remember the last time he did this, is just to go out there and just bat. So I go Rory back Burns to it. Maybe, uh, uh, Rory you know, Burns maybe. Rory Burns is the only one. All five he days. is the only um, one. He is the only guy. Uh, he does it. Um, he does it for a living. It's what he is trained to do. It's what he has done yes. over five five seasons on the trot, where he scored over a thousand runs. Um, and yes, it looks a bit ungainly, but why are we why are we worried about that anymore? You know, we put that, <laughs> can clearly put that to bed. But he knows how to go out there and just chisel away. Um, uh, and so there you have it. I mean, all of these again, all of the issues, all of the things. Just, just I'm not going to talk anymore. Just go back to all the old pods. I flagged <laughs> flagged up all of these issues. 
Um, the, the confusion around selection, the confusion about who's going to play play what role, where people are going to bat, what Johnny Bairstow's going to do, picking a bloke to, to, as a specialist batsman and bat a number seven. <laughs> you name it, they're all in there. Greatest hits. Just, just wind back and listen to them. I, I considered sort of trawling through previous episodes and then coming up with some <laughs> clips of Butch's wisdom and we could play them all uh, I thought that was too much effort and it would be just more fun to wind him up again um, but but Miller Ro- Root Roy Denley discuss yeah gosh where do you begin I mean they I mean, are um, now in, in sort of the order that Butch suggested might kind of work at the start of the series yeah, yeah and, and with, sorry I'll let, I'll let you go but just but and that was given that these are the names that we've got how do you best set them? Now that you've made the decision as to who they are, how do you best set them up? Here are your ingredients. Here Prepare ingredients. a banquet. Yeah, it might not. You know, it might not be the sort <laughs> Ready, of stuff steady, you might have gotten from Aldi instead of you know your local supplier that what's his name, Marco Pierre White prefers. But this is what you've got. Now make the best of it. Carry well, on. with that in mind, if the best you've got is Joe Denley, he's got to open for me, and that, they've finally got it right because you know they they were shown the way right at the start of the summer by Jack Leach. One guy who was given the chance to open the batting, no expectation of doing anything other than staying in, and lo and behold, he gets 92 and wins a man of the match and, and turns a test match against Ireland. And lo and behold, that same mindset is what kept England alive at Headingley, what almost kept them alive at Old Trafford, that refusal to get out. And so if all you want to do is make sure that your your guys at the top of the order are taking the shine off new ball, ensuring that you're going to not be not have a situation where Joe Root's coming in at naught for two. Instead, he's coming in at even twenty for two, forty for two, sixty for two. Any any the riches, riches will of do. Forty for two. You know, anything will do. Frankly, as long as some time has been taken out of the uh, out of the game when the ball is at its most least, most most lethal. So, yeah, stick Denley up there because let's face it, there, we had that situation at Lords um, way back in Lords when the series was still alive when when Joe Root was using Joffre Archer at the wrong moments and all the rest of it you got this situation where there was that brief window remember the second day was it or the second full day the sun came out the birds were singing there was the the perfect situation for batting and Joe Denley's your man in the middle instead of Jason Roy because Jason Roy's already been sawn off <laughs> in the in the grim twilight the previous <coughs> night he'd never had a prayer Joe Denley might have had a prayer. He might just have got through the night, got through the following morning, given England's hard-hitting middle order a chance to get enough runs to put Australia under pressure. But because they screwed up their order, because they didn't know quite where to fit in these the strange nuts and bolts they've given themselves, um, they, they've made a complete horlix of the whole series. Um, and, and do you think that that's as much the reason that... Uh when given a lower berth, Butch in this match, uh, Roy coming in at four. In fact, came in at five, I think, um, uh, because Behind of Craig, Craig Overton yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in the first innings. Mm. Um, he's twice bowled by good deliveries, mm-hmm. made a few runs, but I think George Chester didn't still look a test match quality batsman. No, but, but he's but been undermined by uh, the well, way the series you, has you've gone. You've had three three tests of six innings in the in the test series where he scored no runs. So it's just, you know, I'm watching him get balls. That are around about the sort of hip area on uh, middle and leg, or going down the leg side, and him sort of tentatively wondering whether he should tap them through square leg for a single. <laughs> Whereas if you've watched him bat in white ball cricket, um, or in, or even playing for Surrey, batting at number four or number three or whatever it was, he he just smoked them, you know, just murder that sort of delivery through the. His confidence is shot to bits. So you know, we we will never know what might have happened if if they'd have set it up that way around from the beginning, which was again it was just like the 
the most glaring, you know, glaringly obvious thing to have done once Joe had decided to bat at number three, which, again, I've been on record saying, mistake, don't do it, don't do it, oh, you've done it, oh, you've scored me run. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, it, but, but, once, but once that decision had been made, that was, that was the way that you, that you would have done it, to try to get the best out of the parts. Now, the parts might not be right. I think we're probably in, in agreement that the parts are not right. But given that that's what you've got, give them, give all of them the best chance of scoring runs. Because at the end, it isn't about the individuals. It's not about the individuals' numbers at the end. It's about whether or not you can win test matches, whether or not you can give um, your bowling attack, which by and large has done a, a pretty lion-hearted job throughout the test series, a chance to win you a test match. And they just haven't done it. They just haven't been anywhere near doing it. Um, they are going to get another crack, though, Miller. As we go to the uh, Oval, the fifth test, the series not lost, of course, it could still be drawn, and and there are those all-important World Test Championship points mm-hmm. on the table. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, England will almost extraordinarily, if you consider the way selection used to work, and Butch will have a, uh, an inside view on this, but will have gone through the entire series with... Uh, an unchanged top seven, I think. Yeah, it's ma- it's madness. Uh, I mean, well, albeit that there have been movements within the order. Yeah, they've, they've had a bit the of personnel. Pers- personnel is unchanged, and it, it's incredible. I mean, it's it's not as if we want to go back to the the bad old days where you would where you'd throw in Alan Wells for for a one one test at the Oval. Get you get a first first baller. Have I been another one you've predicted? Hugh, Mo- <laughs> Hugh Morris was another. Hugh Morris one, another one exactly. Yeah. All of the, all these guys. Alan Butcher, nineteen seventy nine. And you know, ba- basically that, that, that that scenario that <laughs> scenario. Would, would be be a be, be a be a coin flip, really. You get your first baller from Curtly Ambrose. That's the end of your career. You get a, a decent fifty. Get a get a hundred in case of Jonathan Trott, although that's a slightly different era. Um, off you go on a winter tour, and and jobs jobs are good. And so you don't want to go back to that sort of coin flip scenario with with well, what the hell? What's the worst that can happen? The series is gone. Let's throw anyone in. But at the same time. I mean, these numbers are just preposterous. You got Ben Stokes is out on his own, averaging fifty nine, batting like a like a god in that that one glorious innings. And 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 you know, if it wasn't for Smith, he'd be the standout player of the series. And then you've got Burns averaging forty, doing a decent job, looking like an opener. And then the rest is dreadful. You got Root is averaging thirty, which is twenty marks lower than his previous Test average for his captain. You've got the rest of the middle order averaging. Pre- between 13 and 25. Roy's at 13, Bairstow and, and Butler are 25. It's just, it's just not good enough by any stretch of the imagination. And so surely, surely somewhere along the line, you've got to, got to flick the switch and say, sorry, lads, you, you're not pulling your weight on your bike. This, this series is gone. There's, we've got to do something different. Certainly, um, players used to get dropped, didn't they? Which, they did <laughs> used to get dropped, yeah. Yes, yes, quite a, quite often. Sometimes twice in the same series. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, there is possibly some element here that, um, certainly with, with this selection of the final test, mm. Trevor Bayliss's last test, we, we'd known that all summer, that this is where it was coming to an end. Mm. Um and yes, as much as we'd all love the opportunity for a sort of uh, the oval audition for the winter, the, the Jimmy Ormond or whoever it is, Alan Wells, um, <laughs> there is some logic to just saying, like, one last time, guys, try and get it right. Yeah, I think, I mean, and I think that's probably, probably what's happened, um, rather than saddle whoever the new bloke is with a, with a bunch of people that he might not feel have a, have a place going forward, um, just, 
keep it with the, keep it with these guys. Hope that they can somehow salvage a salvage a win. It's your mess. Actually, salvage is not the is not the right <laughs> word. You know, two two against Australia in in any Ashes series is is a good effort. So you've still got the chance of doing so of not losing the Ashes um, outright. Uh, and, and to give them a, an opportunity to solve the problem with the proviso that you know that there are going to be changes made um, for the trip to New Zealand and, and South Africa in front of that. So, I, yeah, I, there is a logic to that. I think yeah, we have to we have to um, understand, not understand, but we have to sort of not be sated with the, with the blood of five or six you know <laughs> players in a thing because because the ashes are gone. I mean that's what everybody wants. It's what the public wants to see. Everything like that. Sacrifice. But in, we want sacrifice. Exactly. But in the, in these circumstances, you can understand. Even though even though logic again sort of would point to the fact that that one of maybe you know unless they think again unless they think that Joe Denny they've now given Joe Denny the opportunity that, that had he had it at the beginning of the series would either not be having a conversation about them needing to find an opening batsman or he would be out and then and then and then and then you'd have the chance <laughs> to give you know somebody like Sibley or Zach Crawley or whoever it might be the opportunity to 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 stake a proper claim over five six seven test matches to, to bed themselves in, which is only right that people get that sort of time to do it. But it's almost like Joe's got, they've got to restart Joe now. <laughs> We've got to start him from, he's played one now, he's played his one test match as an opening <laughs> batsman, now he's got to play another six. You know, they keep pushing, they keep pushing this thing back. But I mean, to, to be fair to Joe, he, he stands as, as good a chance as anybody because, um, because of his experience, he, the, the moving up and down the order hasn't ruined him in the way that it might ruin some others. He's kind of phlegmatic. He knows that he's got a, you know, he's maybe lucky to be there in the first place. I've played enough cricket to kind of go, all right, I'll do whatever they want. I think he's got fifties at opener uh, yeah, three has. and four. He has somehow. Okay. So, all, but but all, but all good, and that kind of backs up what I'm saying about sort of the, the value of, of a certain amount of experience and a certain lack of, um, you know, that when you're younger, you have the idea that. That it's that this is the most important thing in your life. You've got a career to set up, and there's that pressure that builds up from wanting to desperate, so desperately to hang on to it. For Joe, it's kind of like this is the back end of my career. If I play, if I play 25 Test matches and go really well, brilliant. It's a bonus. It's not mm. it, there isn't the same pressure on him there. So he trained as an opening batsman for the first half of his career. At least, at least that gives him more of a chance than some people that have never done it before in their lives. You know, <laughs> so it, it's not a, it's not a ridiculous call. And I wish they'd have made it at the beginning of the series, but they haven't. Um, and so, you know, we'll have to wait and see which one, which guy they pull out as the as the as the, the guy that they want to take on the trip to New Zealand. So that might be Sibley, it might be Crawley. Ollie Pope is kind of waiting in the the wings to to take on some kind of middle order berth. What are they going to do with um, with uh, with Ben Stokes? Is he going to remain a number five that bowls maybe a little? Does the odd the odd sort of heroic spell from time to time? Are they going to turn twenty five over spell? Are they, are <laughs> they going? Two days. You know, please, for goodness sake, will somebody make a call on Johnny Bairstow? Somebody just make the damn decision already. Um, Another one for the butch highlights for, reel. For, exactly, just do just do something. You know, <laughs> averaging twenty this year. Yeah, uh, twenty Johnny this year. He's having a nightmare. He's having a nightmare. And the, what did it, we scored a hundred bang at three? Where? Where was this? In Colombo. In Colombo. Did he make any runs batting up the order in, in the West Indies? Uh, one fifty, I think, and then then got and then dropped. They and then they dropped the folks and, yeah, and got yeah. rid of bad folks. You know, the, these are all things that the, the new the new guy the new guy is going to have to come in and, and unravel an unholy mess <laughs> that he's been left with. Things that have th- you know decisions that have been made that have, have left long long ripples, long traces of their destruction in their wake. That somebody else is going to have to come in and clean up. 
Um, and they need to, and, and to be honest with you, they need to come in and do it right from the very beginning. Don't don't mess around, sort of like allowing this stuff to fester away for another series. Oh, now we've got to see if we can give this guy. You know, we haven't given him long enough. Blah blah blah. Decide what you want to do. Tell them all what it is. Get it done. And put people in positions that they are used to playing in, for God's sake. <laughs> there we go. Uh, good advice. Do you think Trevor Bayliss is going to be sort of like Liam Burns scribbling that note to the Treasury? There's no money left when, <laughs> when Labour were voted out in 2010 or whenever it was, back when the world seemed reasonably reasonable. Um, <coughs> Miller, um, days. One, of, one of the problems potentially here for you know Ed Smith, uh, and he's coming for a bit of criticism. Uh, so George has written on the site about. Um, a few of his selections uh, Ollie Pope last summer as a number four when he had yeah. not batted uh, in that role for Surrey um, obviously Jason Roy going on his white ball form Don Bess um, I mean Butler is also coming under scrutiny I suppose and he had he had success coming in as a specialist number seven last summer but that, that <laughs> sort of uh, doesn't seem to have sustained um, but there isn't um, much to pick from because the county circuit has been engaged in T20 cricket for the last month, mm-hmm. two months. Um, so we don't really know if Dom Sibley's in any sort of form. We don't know if uh, if Zach Crawley might be England's next uh, great opener. We do know that Ollie Pope scored a double hundred <laughs> in the championship uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, yeah. in that that slightly odd round in the middle of August. Yeah, I mean but again, again, the schedule this, hasn't helped. I mean, this the test this again here. harks back to the, the 2010 comparison because remember back then it was Australia were, were in the early stages of the big of, of the big bash and their players were all, all all over the place. They were all in a completely slogathon white ball mode, and there was no replacements to be had. Welcome to England's world now. It, it, Australia have have recompartmentalised. Obviously, the 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 aftermath of the ball tampering and and the and the recognition of what the Test team in particular still meant to the country has helped refocus a few minds. And I think it's been instructive. The re, the reaction that the Ashes, particularly the Headingley win, has had in the aftermath of the World Cup. And you know, only a couple of weeks ago, I was convinced that there's no way anything is going to top the World Cup. But we've actually been proven wrong. We've got people trying to claim that this series is up there with 2010, which is that, with 2005, which is absolute nonsense because it's a completely flawed series. They're two incredibly flawed sides with a couple of guns who have held them together. Uh, but the fact that even people are even daring to make the comparison and revelling in the comparison shows that Test cricket is thriving. Test cricket matters. People are flocking to watch it. And England... ECB have got to wake up to this because they've got to realise that you know this is still the product that makes the most money for the board because people flock to it, the white collars flock to it, the, the corporates flock to it. There is money, there is reputation, there everything else that that ECB are desperate to hang on to is invested in Test cricket. And if they allow their Test team to become a cipher, then there are going to be a huge problems. So yeah, going back to the original point. Um, which you know is it, we're, we're all over the shop today, but going back to the original <laughs> point, yes, Ed Smith has got a got a tough task because he's trying to create something out of nothing. And so you know, this time last year or two years ago, whatever it was, when he brings in Rashid from the cold, brings in Butler from the cold, completely random wild card picks thing. These guys can yeah, not all can, that long ago actually, it wasn't yeah, that long ago, eighteen or twelve yeah. months ago. <clears throat> but you know, he was able to bring these guys back in, and they look like absolutely solid gold brilliant picks and now it feels as though he's starting to second guess himself or not, not so much second guess but but more overthink it because he's a bit of a sued he, he likes to <laughs> likes likes his own intelligence and you know it pays off occasionally but i think right at this moment uh it's got out of hand i don't think i don't think he can carry on trying to trying to reinvent the wheel when you know, the wheel is no longer round it's sort of 
bumpy, rectangular and, and thunking all over the place. <laughs> the, the wheel has changed. Uh, test cricket has changed. Cricket's well, cha- t- test cricket has changed by going back to what test cricket always was, you know. Difficult, difficult to score runs against the new ball. You've got chisel out, bat time, um, line and length. Have a decent spinner in your team. You know that's pretty much that's pretty much Test cricket as Boyks would remember it, as and, far as I can see. I mean, and, and this the the Old Trafford Test was a sort of textbook Test match victory from Australia's point of view. Win mm. the toss, score nearly five hundred, mm. most of it from Stephen Smith, yeah. um, and then but bowl well, bowl yeah. relentlessly. I mean, and, Eng- and England again. I don't we're know wear how England ma- down. How many times we, we've said this about about England te- uh, the England team, not England teams, but. England took what fourteen wickets in that Test match. Yeah, two Didn't bowl Australia out. Yeah. Two declarations. Um, you know, on a and some people were sort of saying, "Oh, you know, isn't this is this is terrible, terrible flat flat pitch, awful pitch for Test match cricket?" I'm going, "It's a Test match pitch. <laughs> you know, the bowlers are supposed to be of a standard where if it's flat, they can they can stop you from scoring and they can still get you out. And batting should you know you should t- be able to take time to be out there scoring runs." You know, I'm all for. I don't mind. I've, I've had no issue whatsoever with the test matches where it seems like there's a revolving door at the top of the at the top of the steps of the pavilion. I've no issue with that at all. The test matches. We've seen the odd one or two of, the, of that. Ilk. We have seen a bit, a bit like that. But the, <laughs> but the simple fact of the matter are, you only realise how good a test match team is is when they get to, when they win test matches on game on pitches like that, and you only really find out how poor a test side is when they lose test matches and pitches like that. And it's just, that's why it's the truest test. It's not supposed to be something whereby. You know, batsmen are out there having a dip because they're, because they're, <laughs> because they don't know when the next ball that is unplayable is going to come along. That's not a Test match. That's nonsense. Um, someone who knows a bit about Test batting still, despite missing uh, Headingley, uh, the Smith <coughs> Smith code remains uncrackable. Mm. Um, although England did get him out twice, mm. you know, <laughs> at, well, three times, I suppose, if you count the unfortunate incident yes. of the uh, overstepping. Jack Leach got him Jack twice in the game. Well, and. Um, uh, Butch's, Butch's theory there vindicated on, on Smith at the left arm. He had got a hundred odd by the yeah, time he what, you'd have edged taken the first that. one. You'd have taken a hundred, but that could have been two of them. That could have been the difference. Yeah, uh, Miller, I mean, actually, all things uh, considered, um, and it was just that fraction of uh, rubber that wasn't behind the line from Jack Leach. But dismissing Smith for 118 or 111 or whatever it was, compared to him going <laughs> getting 200 plus. Yeah, it, it, it would have been massive because because apart from the apart from the fact that of losing the 100 runs, it's the fact you've suddenly got two not Smiths at the crease instead of just one. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that, that, that not Smiths have been vulnerable unless yeah. they're Labashanes. Because I mean, different breed. fundamentally, Tim, Tim Payne, Tim Payne's entire. Modus operandi as a batsman in the series has been has been to hang around. Admittedly, play the odd random hook and look a bit daft when he finally gets out. But he's been a sidekick. He got a fifty, a very vital fifty. But you know, at the other end, I think it was a partnership of one hundred forty-five, and he got fifty. So you know, his mere presence. There was another guy doing. There was another guy, do, another guy doing something extraordinary. I mean, it, you know, we're in a we're in a in an era when Test batting has never looked more ropey, and then along comes a guy who has never looked more secure. And the and the difference between Smith's unbelievable brilliance and the rest of Test cricket is such that he's he is doubly brilliant. And it's I think it, it, I don't think it's just the batting; it's the, it's the bowling as well. I mean, England's bowling in this Test match reminded me very much of watching West Indies in two thousand. Say, you know, you got you got Kirtley and Courtney steaming in mm. for nine overs in the broad broad archer role, and then you then you got Rion King and Franklin Rose. Uh, Chucking pies at the other end, you know, the greatest respect to Craig Overton, 
if he's the next best seamer, and admittedly we've got injuries with James Anderson's a massive loss and, and Mark Wood injured, <coughs> but if Craig Overton's the next best seamer in English fit ranks, um, you know, that is clear proof that there's a crisis among, <laughs> among <laughs> England's, England's bowling stocks. And, you know, a guy like Smith is not going to hesitate to cash in on, on opportunities like that. Um, and we've we've seen again. Have we signs of Archer being overworked? Certainly, that first God innings yes. when, when when England needed a bit of uh, a bit of extra gas, a, a bit of lighting the fire. Um, I think his pace was was down sort of in the I mean, the low eighties. I mean, which, the, fr- the frustrating thing with <laughs> we we worried about Archer. burnout, but yeah. within <laughs> within a three test life cycle, it's, yeah. it's quite an extraordinary. It's madness. Forty four forty four overs in the first first test, when you know. You, I, you saw this coming. Yeah. Could, <laughs> First I just, just go back. Couldn't post, believe his luck. Go back to the post Lord's pod. Mm. Don't don't speak to me anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but fundamentally, which has done this one. Fundamentally, there is there is a the misuse of Archer is is crashingly obvious when you look in in hindsight. I mean, Chris Wokes. Why Chris Wokes was not playing in this test, I do not know. Actually, I do know because he was barely used in the sharp end of the series to such a point that he ended up bowling one terrible spell at Headingley and everyone thought he was out of form. He wasn't out of form. He just wasn't used. This was a guy who who bowled six wickets against Ireland to win in a session, bowled him out for 38, <laughs> and then barely gets handed the ball during a Lord's test where he averages nine because suddenly Joe Root's got a brand new toy, thinks that this toy can bowl with the new ball, can bowl with the old ball, can bowl with every over in between miles, bowl whenever someone new comes in because, oh, we better bounce him. Bowl him here, bowl him there, bowl him everywhere, and then find that he's not actually able to bowl at full pelt when you really want to bowl full pelt. It's just madness. <laughs> and, and it's really annoying. And, and it doesn't help the fact that Archer is such a supreme athlete that by the time Smith came to the crease in this last innings, he was he was eight or what was it four or five overs into a nine over spell, and now suddenly he's bowling ninety miles an hour, which makes you think that surely you should give the new ball to a guy who is going to benefit from having the new ball, i.e. Wokes, and then have this guy to come in with a slightly older ball but the ability to bowl bullets and stick it up him. It, it doesn't make sense to grind down your sharpest tools, get a few handy wickets for it but then suddenly have nothing to turn to well on the plus side by the time England go to Sri Lanka in sort of March he can bowl spin <laughs> left arm <laughs> left arm yeah. Yeah, no less <laughs> um, you referred to sort of Kirtley and Courtney to you know illustrious uh, comparison but Stuart Broad has been worthy of such uh, praise in this series and mm. it's a, a minor note in the grand scheme of things but uh, it almost seems um, <laughs> extraordinary that his duel with David Warner is probably going to be of passing significance. Yeah, but, it's been but, great though, hasn't it? I mean, he's, <laughs> he's bowled absolutely magnificently at him, and and Stewart has looked has looked as as potent as I can remember seeing him actually in this series. He's bowled so so well. Um, he's pitched it up. Yeah, he's pitched it up. He's pitched it up. He's had he's had really good sort of control of 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 the seam, and and his wrist position has been good. Um. And, and again, you know, there's another one that's not benefited benefited from the uh, from the fact that he's had to he's had to bowl donkey overs. He's had to, you know, I, and I I kind of hesitate to go down this road again, but I'm going to have to. So <laughs> if you don't, if if you have a captain who doesn't really trust whatever spin bowler he has in the side to bowl the overs that the seam bowler should not be bowling, then you end up breaking Joffre Archer. Stokesy got broken after the. I mean, hardly surprising. 
he bowled he bowled virtually a, a session a session and a half <laughs> at Headingley and then got a hundred and whatever it was to win the game. I mean, it's unsurprising he's not really in the flush of energy when it comes to bowling at the moment. Um, if you if you don't have the confidence in in the guys whose job it is to bowl multiples of overs, and you just keep turning back to the same two guys again, they just they just don't have anything for you when you desperately need them, especially when you run into a, a proper Test match surface, one that you you kind of need to be uh, to be on it every spell in order to make things happen. And a proper Test match batsman. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, 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 yeah. we must talk more about Smith because yeah. he's, he, well, he's, he's, he's. I don't know what else to say about yeah. him. To be honest. I can't, it's, it's very difficult to find. It's <clears> difficult to find. Uh, I can't. I can't think of a, of a of a way that you get him out beyond beyond the fact that when you have um, conditions in your favour, that you just you just stick at trying to hit the top of his off stump, regardless of where he hits it. Mm. Going on the on the on the premise that even somebody as freakish as him, if you keep bowling it in the most difficult place to to, to hit it and score runs and not get out, that even he is going to make a mm. mistake. I was the thinking, England were far too quick to move away from doing that. Well, this again um, comes comes down to yeah that, that yeah. discipline that that they lack in this in this mm. era of, of Test cricket where you don't actually stick at it. Five men on the leg side. Oh, but I was looking I was looking at his looking at his stats. He's I think he's been LBW nineteen times in one hundred and twenty odd mm. innings, which is not insignificant. But you know there is this myth that there is no way to get him out of LBW, or, or more to the point, he says, "Well, if you get me out of LBW, fair play. I've missed one. Mm. You bowled a good ball." But that that inability to to target his stumps because of the assumption that he will get bat on it and flick you through the leg side, in turn takes out his corridor of uncertainty because you're not going to you're not bowling it outside his off stump because he's actually standing there. He's ready to flick it off off his hip. So suddenly his corridor of uncertainty is fifth stump, which is never going to bowl him. So, you know, he's created this this myth, <laughs> this myth of I, I am impregnable because wherever you bowl it, I'll either leave it and point to, point to the point, point in the pitch you pitch it on mockingly saying, ha, try again, or I'll flick you off the hip and get another <laughs> single. It's, it, it, it's so simple and yet so brilliant and obviously the way that he goes about his, his twitches and rigmarole and all the rest of it it doesn't look simple at all so there's an added layer of mystique on top of <laughs> all of that and ultimately you end up with 671 runs in five innings and, and a, an ability to make some very very good players look very ordinary it's, I mean, it's, it's stunning the, the, the amazing thing again is that you, those numbers are just staggering there's still a test match to go and he, he scores 100 <laughs> every time he plays at the Oval um Actually, I don't know whether that's true. I just sort of said that because it feels like he he's probably has. But he probably has. Yeah, yeah he has. Okay, played, so there we go. Played two tests. Um, and has made 200. <laughs> Good. Okay. Uh, my memory didn't fail. Um, uh, now I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. Where was? Where were we? Where were we? Steve Smith. Steve Smith. He's oh, played oh, three no, tests out. Six hundred. So six hundred. Nearly seven hundred runs. Runs. Almost so twice as many as anyone else. The last time anybody else, sort Stokes of went that out. mad on a, on an away Ashes series was Alistair Cook back in mm. 2010-11. Now, Another comparison. 2010-11, I'm not sure that. Alistair Cook was played brilliantly, was in great form, and is in no way meant to kind of to run down the achievement. But boy, Australia bowled badly at him for that <laughs> trip. They did. I mean, they bowled, they bowled it at his hip, or they bowled short and wide, and he kind of cut and, and tucked his way to to seven hundred runs. Played magnificently. Um, what England would give for you know for somebody to have that 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 similar mindset of being able to eat into unspecified time as a batsman. Going back to the beginning of the pod, <laughs> but. To Steve Smith, we've actually we actually haven't bowled that badly at him. I think we've I think we've been mistaken in terms of some of the tactics used, because they've they've literally, as Miller said, they've literally kind of the tactics have been to not 
to, to almost not try to get him out, to wait for him to make a mistake. I mean, well, if you're, they've if almost you're, openly said that a couple of times. If you're they? Bowl, we'll, get, we'll try and get everyone else out. If with a brand new ball with the lights on on a green pitch, in, you know, uh, with it raining at Lords, you've got to have a leg slip and four or five men on the leg side. Then I'm afraid, you, you, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? I was there at the ground, just going. Look, I mean, how much better could it get for bowling than this? And they're all on the leg side. I'm just like, this is like, this is ridiculous. So you know, England haven't bowled haven't bowled terribly at him when when he's been in but they have tactically sort of handed him the advantage it's a little bit like a little bit like when Sachin used to walk out of bat um, you know and first ball would be sort of like men on the fence and if the spinners were on no short leg and silly putt I'm like well if you're not trying to get him out when he's on naught you know <laughs> you might as well just give the whole thing <laughs> up do not head. allow the person's reputation to kind of take you away from what are pretty you know standard methods of making life difficult for everybody with a bat in their hand you know even even somebody as freakishly brilliant as him you can't even bore him out gyro style down the leg side because you reverse paddle you through through fine legs so it's uh... yeah that, that that tactic doesn't work quite so well nowadays uh, now that everybody can bat left hand right hand <laughs> yeah. exactly that well, um, the, the, it was a reverse sweep that got him out in the end, wasn't it? So maybe, maybe. Well, the... I mean, you say got him <laughs> out. You say got him out. It was time more... that he's been dismissed reverse sweeping at but, Joe Smith. But, 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 but let's Joe rewind Ruth. a sec. The, he has he has legitimately been got out once in the series out of five. It's insane. The first innings, first innings was essentially a closure because he was the last mm. man slogging. He got 144, was mm. number 11 mm. the other end. Mm. Then, of course, he comes back at Lords. <clears throat> so, second innings, he nibbles one outside <laughs> yeah. off, which was an aberration, but he already got 140 by then. Third, second test, obviously, he's been hit on the scone, comes back and gets LBW when he's concussed. So, you know, okay, he's an LBW, but there were mitigating circumstances. <laughs> and, then, and then he misses, misses the third test, comes back and he's reverse sweeping Joe Root and then slogging Leach to deep cover. I mean, those are not the dismissals of a guy who's been got out it's the dismissals of a guy who has got plenty runs is trying to speed things on for a declaration and it's it's, it's he, madness he's got bored before uh... he's got bored before England it, 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 that, that sums up the problem that England have had in this series they're, 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 their test match brains uh, have been short falling short because they've got white ball mentality still um, and this is going to be Smith's ashes then rather than rather than Stokes' ashes but to sort of, we've been circling the point that Australia, one man aside, that the, the strength in depth has been there. England have uh, bizarrely used fewer players, despite <laughs> being, you know, ha- having seemingly having a weaker hand to pick from. Australia have been able to bring in Stark in this case. Hazelwood missed the first test. Uh, Siddle has sort of sat on the sidelines, but Labuschagne has come in. Uh, you know, had uh, uh, options within the touring party, and I suppose it just boils down to. The, fact that Australia are a better side a better squad and, and they're yeah, going to I, I, probably win the series probably <laughs> I mean look Labuschagne has probably played, had played more first class cricket here than most of England's players had before the start well he hadn't he played for Durham so he'd been whilst everybody else yeah, was Gamorgan, involved yeah, yeah. It, uh, sorry yeah, bank off Gamorgan. to Durham yeah, but um, I think he's still the leading run scorer in, in Championship yeah, cricket. so he kind of uh, figured out, <laughs> figured out a way of, you know, he, he, he was in and ready to go and he's played, he played really really well really well actually um in, in what hasn't always been easy batting conditions anywhere, with the exception perhaps of, of Old Trafford, if you got yourself in. But is, is on that on that comparison, is it Stokes Ashes or Smith's Ashes? Ashes. It's obviously self-evidently Smith's Ashes, and yet it is extraordinary to think that he's going to have scored eight hundred runs by the end of the series, and it's 
almost inconceivable that he will have played the greatest innings of the series. It, 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 it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's madness, but, you know, that just goes, again, comes down to the, the, the team ethic on the one hand and the individuals who have kind of banded together to, to just about keeping them afloat to this point on the other. England, England have played like a, like a bunch of guys who've just won the World Cup and, and can turn it on for heroic moments, but, you know, haven't, haven't been able to pull together the, the, the whole consistently. His under at Edgbaston was, was something out of this world wasn't it that was kind of a similar sort yeah. of thing or the beer it's at the beginning of the test match um, batting with a tail to get 140 his first game back after the or his first Ashes game back after the ban etc um, in, incredible stuff but Australia's bowlers have been magnificent Hazel, I mean the fact that you could even think about leaving out Josh Hazelwood it just <laughs> blows my mind um, and Cummins has been exceptional they've all they've all I was talking to James Kirtley actually on my on my tours around with the blast at the end there, and he said he saw them um, getting ready for the series at, at uh, Arundel. I think they had a game against Sussex at Arundel, and he said they put a sort of like a, a foam stump up with tape wrapped around the sort of the top of off area, you know, like six inches from the top of the uh, of that that stump. And he said for about forty five minute session, the, th- the four or five of them running in, he just kept hearing this this flick sound. As they just kept hitting it, he was kind of like standing there in awe as a, you know, former international opening bowler, now bowling coach at just how unbelievably accurate and relentless they all were at just running in and hitting this this little little piece of tape at the top of the off stump, and that's basically what they've done, isn't it? It's like that scene on heavy bouncer hit the top of off. It's like that scene in the old Bodyline series where 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 uh, Jardine get, gets 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 and votes to hit a sixpence, and whoever hits it gets to keep it, and lo and behold. Old Larwood goes and nails it, and it's you know same principle. You know, eighty years on, it's, that was Mr. Smith, wasn't it? Uh, Mr. Smith, it was from the, uh, from, it was from, from, from the, the Matrix. From the yeah. Matrix, yeah. he played Douglas oh, Jardine. Um, he certainly did. Yeah, uh, Australian actor uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving and Gary Sweet as, as Bradman. Amazing, <laughs> amazing scenes. What a what a show that was. <laughs> Going to have to explain uh, all of which those. Which one of you bastards called this bastard a bastard? <laughs> <laughs> To our, there goes our younger listenership there, uh, talking about body line. <laughs> um, I think we've, we've probably covered the Ashes miserabilia for uh, for one week. Um, just briefly, but your, your tours around the country, obviously white ball cricket is the format of the game that all Englishmen hold dear to their heart. Always have, always have done. <laughs> um, the, the, the Blast quarterfinals sort of coincided with the, with the Old Trafford test. Moeen Ali had... Had cool. a, a bit of fun. Did he play a, well or what? A, a I mean, player who who had kind of um, we we all assumed had gone missing, uh, got got lost somewhere uh, after the first test. In many in many ways, what it does is it shows you the the difference in in sort of standard and in um, in uh, um, pressure that a guy going that goes back from playing two or three years of, of high high pressure, high intensity international cricket, white ball, all red, goes back to play county cricket in a quarter final and plays an innings like that albeit it should have been out on five but yeah I mean it was just it was <laughs> I think I, to quote Partridge I called it liquid liquid batting at the end of it but it was just it was absolutely glorious striker yeah <laughs> he had a he had a great night out like a um, and, and Derby Corky's Derby have got through to the final to finals day for the first time ever yes, the last county to do the, so which is a nice little story um, and Worcester Worcester get to defend the trophy and Notts the, the winningest team in uh, in T20 cricket in this country are back there again so the, the finals day should be pretty good albeit it'll be unbelievably cold <laughs> 20th of, uh, 21st 21st of September, September yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Edge Baston. Uh, I'll mention Ravi Bapar and the Mighty Eagles because well, the, the one, Eagles one are the thing, only only representatives of the South Group. So I'm going to be secretly wearing my Essex underpants <laughs> in the pod. On uh, one thing, I will one thing I will say. I'm delighted is, to hear that. As, <laughs> as, someone, everyone. as someone who who saw those games on uh, sort of out of the corner of my eye while while subbing copy at the end of the Ashes because obviously the, the quarterfinals coincided. It, one thing, I'm going to throw a bone to the hundred. Funny enough, for this, just because <laughs> oh we're getting to the end of the Ashes and we're we're wondering how on earth England are going to try to piece together their Test team. We haven't even haven't even approached the the issue of what happens in 2020 with brand new competition sitting on top of the Ashes window, but the the, the Test window. But the one thing that did strike me, you know, you're watching out the corner of your eye, seeing Moeen Ali strut his stuff, and then Alex Hales. We haven't even talked about his his redemption <laughs> sloggery to to take take. Um, Takes take them to the final, take not to the final. Mm. Um, it does make you think that you know there are some seriously marquee gun players in English county cricket. Guys who stand out from the crowd in a way mm. that a couple of years ago they probably wouldn't have done. You know, and you throw in Owen Morgan as well. He's had the time of his life in, since he since he won the World Cup, going in and smashing the ball everywhere. And big crowds. It may maybe that people aren't giving the blast it's due. But at the same time, as someone who wasn't paying attention to these games but was watching them out of the corner of my eye. I was drawn to the big names that I reckon. Oh, blimey! Look at look at Moen go. Look at look at Hales go. Look at look at Morgan go. It it, it makes you think that there's a chance. There's a chance that the, the 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 legacy of this summer is such that there are an awful lot of really 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 good players who are going to do some very insane things next summer. So hopefully, it all will not be lost, even if the Ashes is. Bring on the hundred. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, <laughs> but it's, it's coming anyway, and and it, it has got a chance to be a success thanks to. The stature of the players who are now which, swirling around in English which cricket, is, which is always—I mean, you know—I sent out a tweet yesterday after England lost the Ashes. Around, you know, not so long ago, people were saying, "Oh, we need to have four-day Test matches." Really, <laughs> people were saying, um, "You know, nobody can win a Test. It's hopeless. Test cricket is so one-sided. The home team always wins." Really. Um, you know, all of these things, all of these sort of tropes that have been wheeled out as reasons why cr- cricket is dying um, have been sort of dismissed in the, since Christmas this year. Um, you know, and, and the, one thing, the one thing around it all is that the players, always, always it's the players who kind of make the games, the players who provide the entertainment. You don't shift the, the goalposts of the sport itself in order to make up for a lack of um, skill or entertainment from the players. You just give... All of the boards around the world, wherever they are, enough resource and enough, um, you know, enough, uh, enough drive to produce the best players you possibly can and allow them to go out and play the game. You do that, you end up with great entertainment and people seeing the sport for what it is, which is a fantastic one. Absolutely. Well, the die is cast and we've got to make the most of it. <laughs> I'm sure we'll, we'll get you talking about total cricket again on an episode soon. But, um, that is one, that's not mine. <laughs> well, funnily enough, on that note, Going back to what Ed Smith, you speak there, well on it. Uh, there's definitely a reason why Ed Smith had to try and shuffle the pack in the way he did because he knew what was coming. Anyway, that's one for another day. <laughs> Indeed, um, and we'll have more on, on that one. On, go. <laughs> we'll have more on the on the T20 uh, blast uh, and finals day uh, in our uh, next edition of Talking T20. Um, that's pretty much it from us. This summer has uh, been all about making cricket great again. Uh, and what would be a better reminder of the halcyon days of free-to-air than being thrashed by Australia? Uh, <laughs> there's still the Oval to come, of course, and we'll be back to f- reflect on that, uh, after which we'll all have earned some quiet time. Until then, my thanks to Miller and Butch, 
and to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com.